With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ready. Play. Oh, just I, I spoiled the surprise there. I was going to have Will as a, a surprise guest and I've messed up once again. But nevertheless, I can still get the show on the road with what I hope is a fairly um, good explanation on what we're going to be talking about today. Will's little image there gave you a little bit of a clue, but even bigger clue will be the title for this video. Um, dwindling audience figures, dwarfed prize money in comparison to its single alternative. Is it time, as Riley Opelka suggests, to scrap doubles tennis? Well, here comes the bigger surprise since Elvis came back. Uh, it's Will Buchek to give his thoughts on this matter. Will, how are you doing today? I'm good. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been perfect if I'd taken you off the screen beforehand, but... So I'm from I'm from cool. Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I think Elvis is probably the most famous person from Memphis. Uh, so to put me in that category is uh, really really generous of you. <laughs> there you go, uh, Will Bocek or Bocek, I should say, uh, and Elvis Presley. Uh, it's the first time Elvis has been mentioned, I believe, on this show. Um, I don't know if it'll be the last. Uh, good to have um, Ghosty, by the way, in the chat. Uh, Ghosty, there was something I wanted to send you today, um, uh, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe I'll come to me later on. Um, and we must have a chat one day, Ghosty, about um, Mick Jagger. But that's for another day. Maybe Mick Jagger and Elvis would make a would have made a great doubles pairing. Will, give us your thoughts uh, initially on on what um, Riley had to say last week in terms of scrapping doubles altogether as a as a as a sport, if you like, not, not in terms of recreationally, but professionally at least. Yeah. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong. What I understand is he did a, like an Instagram Q and a type thing. Is that right? Um, yeah, it was Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and somebody asked him if you could change one thing about the ATP, what would it be? And he said, I would get rid of doubles. The only time people watch is singles players or the Brian Bros. So um, I would love to chat with Riley about it because I have a lot of follow-up questions. Uh, I'm curious what problem he's trying to solve by getting rid of doubles. Um, it sounds like it's financial. Um, and I don't know for sure, but it could be true that doubles costs the ATP more money than it brings in. Now, I think that would be very difficult to measure because, you know, you have the doubles matches integrated with the singles matches in every single tournament. So it's impossible to kind of um, separate the two in terms of what money they bring in. Uh, but But it's possible that, yeah, the doubles does um, cost the ATP money. But I think that there are better ways to save money um, if that's the goal. Uh, and also, I don't think doubles is the problem, uh, as evidenced by the crowds at Indian Wells last week. And I was there for um, about five days. Uh, I don't think doubles is the problem. I think um, there's a marketing problem, right? So, um, the product of doubles, people seem to love to watch. Uh, it is country specific, it seems. Um, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I think it's a lot less popular in Europe than it is in the States. Um, okay. and then I heard, uh, Gabby Dabrowski was on, um, with the BBC recently actually doing an interview uh, and she said that they have really good doubles crowds in Japan, which I didn't know. Um, so a lot of it's country specific, but regardless, um, I do think it's a marketing problem because I don't think they've ever put the same marketing efforts into doubles as they have for singles. And that's the only way to tell if, uh, doubles has a product problem, right? Because right now, um, I was telling somebody this yesterday. So, so imagine if we started a totally new tennis tour tomorrow, I put you in charge of the doubles. I found somebody else who's in charge of the singles. I say to the singles person, okay, you're going to get 99% of our advertising revenue. You're going to be on TV. Uh, John, you're in charge of the doubles. You get 1% of the advertising revenue. I, I'm making these numbers up, but it's got to be cl close to this. Yeah. Uh, John, all of your matches are going to be behind a $100 per year paywall on Tennis Channel Plus, Tennis TV, uh, ATP TV, ESPN Plus, all the paywall stuff. Sometimes we'll show a finals match in a big tournament, which is essentially only the Grand Slams on a major network. All of the billboards when we're marketing our tournaments, we're going to show singles players only. Doubles players are not allowed to be on those billboards. Um, social media advertising, we're going to show the faces of only singles players. We're not going to show doubles players. What's going to happen in five years? There's going to be no attendance at the doubles matches. Nobody's going to know who the doubles players are. So that's essentially what's happening. There's just no marketing of doubles and doubles teams and doubles players. And I talked to tons of people at Indian Wells who say, I love watching doubles and Coco Golf's doubles match People are climbing the fences, going to the other stadium to the top so they can look two courts over to watch her play doubles.
because they want to watch Coco Golf, the star tennis player, not the star singles player, right? And they don't care if she plays singles or doubles. So that's my rant. Uh, go ahead if you have any follow-up questions or any thoughts on any of that. I do. Um, I'm glad you said marketing because it's basically, it's written, it's written down amongst my notes in response to yeah. what you were just saying. And it's it's kind of the underlying issue amongst all the, the issues that yourself mentioned, but also even Riley too. Um, regarding Riley Opelka as a character and somebody who speaks his mind, mm-hmm. um, sometimes uh, I agree with him. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. It's possible, believe it or not, in this world to agree and disagree with the same individual or the same entity uh, on different matters. Uh, unfortunately, right. both in politics, but also in sports, it's all, it seems to be all or nothing more than ever right. today. And perhaps that's exacerbated by social media. On this account, uh, irrespective of, of you being here, Will, and we know, you know, your allegiances, if you like, to, if you could have an allegiance to a, a form of, of this sport, but we know, we know your thoughts on it. I'm also in agreement with you. I think the issue is marketing. I'm just going to address a couple of of things that you highlighted. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you said that it may well be bringing in, you know, a very, may even be making a loss. Well, even certain parts of countries make a loss, if you like, in terms of the country itself. And, you know, I think about London in the UK being where all the industry and all the money is and of course, there's other parts of the UK that are making a loss for the country. But the mm. problem, of course, is not that part of the country. It's all about investment and promotion and opportunities that are all there in London and not elsewhere. And this is, by the way, a global situation. Pretty much every country on the planet has. So fix the problem. And the problem mm-hmm. is the marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I think as in addition to that, we've also got to remember it wasn't that long ago, maybe two or three decades ago, when it was much closer in terms of interest, where you had Navratilova and Pam Shriver pulling in the audiences on the women's side, for example, uh, to a lesser extent, Woodbridge and Woodford on on the men's side uh, in the 90s, etc. But you had McEnroe as well playing mixed doubles at the French Open one day and the final the next, or even the same day, I'm not sure. You know, you had these stellar, stellar names participating in both uh, sides of the of the sport, if you like. And then it brings me to another point that you didn't mention that I'd like to add, which is something I've been beating the drum for for quite some time, which is the reduction of the schedule, as in the singles mm-hmm. schedule. You give it, uh, you give it a, you give singles players a much reduced schedule. You don't put pressure on players like Stefanos Tsitsipas, who's clearly injured going into Indian Wells, but basically says, I had to play because these are kind of, ATP rules. You don't yeah. have Carlos Alcaraz on the eve of one of the biggest tournaments of the season saying, I'm going to skip this tournament because I want to rest up for the French Open. And I'm talking about Rome last year. You know, mm-hmm. Carlos Alcaraz is 19. So we're not talking yeah. about Rafa or Novak. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you want these players to play not just in doubles, but also be at the peak <clears> of their powers as often as we can, we don't want to be going into tournaments where players left, right, and center are pulling out at the last moment or even beforehand. Uh, etc mm-hmm. and and then of course you can understand well you know maybe i'm not going to play doubles of course so that's one thing and there is a, another thing i wanted to address there's a couple of individuals who have commented on uh on this debate if you like and maybe being very diplomatic because they have working relationships to consider 
Pam Shriver, obviously, you know, a doubles hero, Calendar Slam, etc. I think Golden Slam as well with, with Martina Navratilova in 84. She took a very diplomatic stance in her spaces the other day, just saying how much she enjoyed working with Rogelio Pelka last year. He's outspoken, but he is charming. He has an interesting point. Ultimately, I'm pretty sure she disagreed, but she didn't go quite that far. Renee yeah. Stubbs has probably been a bit closer to disagreeing with, with Riley, but still said that mm -hmm. perhaps we need to... Um, I'm just trying to think what she said exactly. I'm going to bring it up on the screen for us, actually. She said, all is true to a certain extent regarding what Riley yeah. said, but she wants to keep it. One final thing, because I'm sure you've got some things to react to what I've said. Um, it is uh what was the final thing oh yeah i think in terms of the marketing again i think what do you think about will the idea of of maybe doing moments of the tournament maybe the first three days of the tournament could be all about doubles and maybe reducing both schedules or certainly reducing the doubles schedule to some extent and yeah. or, or somehow fragmenting it a little bit over we've got two week periods now for these masters tournaments and we saw how much the crowd were enjoying it in indian wells the doubles effect but indian wells is maybe an outlier in that respect compared mm -hmm. to other tournaments and as you say particularly in europe what do you think about a fragment not fragmentation of the sport but just stringing it out a little bit and giving doubles a bit more of the limelight yeah i mean i i think a lot of people have come up with ideas on adjusting the scheduling the format of the tournaments um i've heard some people say we should start doubles at the grand slams only in week two so if you can imagine the singles grand slam starts on a monday um the following monday is when the first round of doubles is so those single stars who lose wednesday or friday in week one they can enter the doubles draw still um that could bring more attention to doubles because um, maybe you have, you know, maybe you have a, a Nadal who loses second round at Wimbledon and he decides to play doubles because he's feeling healthy or yeah. probably not at this point, but you know, yeah, you get the concept. Um, I think it's an idea. Um, I think it's a good short term solution to play with some of that stuff. Um, in the long term, I would prefer people to be known for their doubles rather than known for what they've done on the singles court um similar to the brian brothers uh the thing the brian brothers had was well there's a couple things one they stayed together for a long time right so on the doubles tour you're seeing a lot of changes in partners so it's hard to kind of get behind a team for a long time um so that's one thing uh the other thing is they were really good at just self-promotion and marketing themselves. Uh, and most players are not going to be naturally good at that. Um, I would argue, you know, probably Riley Opelka and a lot of other singles players wouldn't be as popular as they were if they had the same amount of advertising and marketing behind them that a lot of the double stars do, um, which is next to none. Um, so because they happen to have, you know, the ATP behind them and, you know, the U.S. Open and the Wimbledon and Australia and all of them pushing their faces out there and pushing their video content out there and marketing them more, they've become famous um, and they've become tennis stars. Um, so back to your original question to adjust the scheduling to do to highlight doubles more on the front end or the back end of a tournament. Um, I, I think it's a solution that could work in the short term. Um 
but it's it's not my favorite solution, I guess. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing you mentioned, Renee Stubbs. So I listened to her podcast yesterday. Actually, um, it was like an Indian Wells recap podcast. And towards the end of that, if people want to listen, it was the last maybe five or ten minutes. She talked about Riley's comments, and she actually said that she wanted to make the doubles tournaments smaller. So she said rather than having a draw of thirty-two, the um, it's thirty-two at Indian Wells and in, in Miami, I believe. Uh, 64 at the Grand Slams, but rather than having this draw of 32, for example, she would cut it down to 16 or eight and really like highlight those matches more. But again, I I think that we should be looking for solutions like that if we have been marketing doubles in the right way and it wasn't working, but we haven't been marketing doubles in the right way. So I want to do that first. And if it doesn't catch on over the course of you know, three, four, five years, then, okay, now we have to step back and look at the product, look at the scheduling, uh, things like that. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, regarding marketing, by the way, I think there's a lot of, uh, or production as well, I would call it, um, rather than just marketing, I think there's a lot that that both the ATP and the WTA can do more. I mean, I can go back to the real, real basics. Let's take the WTA website where you are, they don't have a head-to-head automatic thing. You have to sort of punch it in yourself. On the WTA website, the ATP does. If you Google head-to-head Djokovic Nadal, you'll get it immediately. You'll get sent to the ATP website. On the mm-hmm. WTA side, you won't be. There'll be 10 other random websites you get sent to because – WTA yeah. doesn't just simply doesn't have it. In addition to that, yesterday I think it was I saw Liam Brody, uh, the singles player who's just outside the top 100 at the moment on the singles side, but does play doubles from time to time. I know he played with Dustin Brown recently in a challenger, um, mm-hmm. and he was lamenting the WTA website, saying I, I've just yeah. scrolled down to 20 in the rankings and I can't go any further because it's just not working. You know, it, yeah. uh, it, yeah, it was crashing. Yeah. yeah, it's crashing exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I think tennis in terms of its production and its marketing, I think has a lot to learn. I am, of course, doing an ostensibly singles, uh, you know, YouTube channel and podcast and, and website as well. But there is room for doubles. Hence, we have our chats from time to time. We'll uh, make sure you check out some of those from the past. Uh, pretty much post Grand Slams, we do them. And and I saw you obviously live tweeting a lot last week during your time in Indian Wells. And I think that that we, we it, there's not something about us individuals where we we seem to just like one individual playing against another because it wasn't that long ago, as I say, when doubles was as in, as as entertaining. You know, we mm-hmm. see it in lots of team sports as well. And some of the rallies can be so exciting to watch. And in terms of playing the sport, as I think you highlighted before, I think more people play doubles than singles, even in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was talking with someone last month, um, this girl who plays on a club team in Germany. So in the U.S., we've got like all these USTA leagues and tournaments, and most people are playing doubles 
when you play against another team, uh, you play in the U.S., you play three doubles matches and two singles matches. And most of the teams I've been on have trouble finding people to play singles. Um, so it's, you know, that's six singles players and then, uh, or six doubles players playing and then two singles players playing. Uh, this girl in Germany, and you might know exactly, but I think she told me when they go and play another club, they play five singles matches and two doubles matches. Um, so people just seem to enjoy singles more, play singles more in Europe. Okay. Um, and the players I've talked to have told me, uh, yeah, I feel like they don't know for sure, but they, they say, I feel like our crowds are better in the U.S. Um, and then Gabby's interview with the BBC the other day said Japan as well has a really good doubles crowd. So I don't know. I guess it's a cultural thing or something. I, I, I mean, what do you think? Do you feel like singles is just far more popular there or? As a, as a, as a watching sport, yes, uh, no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, the 99%, 1% ratio of investment may well be uh, mirrored yeah, in terms of watching it. <laughs> but I think playing it um, in Europe, and this is, I, I haven't studied any research or made any research or such, but um, right. in terms of playing it, it's, it's pretty popular. I mean, when you go to the clubs, and I've been to, you know, probably 20 or 30 different clubs in, in mm -hmm. Germany, Spain, and the UK, uh, so I'm talking about Western Europe there, of course. Um, you know, you'll see as many people playing doubles as singles. And I mean, okay. WhatsApp groups across three countries as well. And so actually, in terms mm -hmm. of that recreational level, I do think it's it's, it's fairly evenly matched. Maybe okay. singles is, is more fun. But but a lot of people, particularly in an, a, an older age, I mean, we see it professionally yeah. too. It is possible to keep playing a bit harder as well uh, on the doubles because maybe you can share the workload a little bit, um, uh, albeit mm -hmm. the reflexes are obviously put to the test, possibly even more so yeah. than in singles. But it's those reflex, by the way, moments that we see professionally that make doubles as as exciting as it is. I mean, I saw a point the other day, actually nothing to do with reflexes now, I saw a very interesting point. I think it was last week at Indian Wells with Barbara Kalichikova and, and doing some lofted moon balls uh, that, that I think yeah, finished yeah. the match. And I, it was a very different type of point and actually a bit more rep reminiscent of recreational tennis where we do do quite a few lobs and moon balls and unusual yeah. court positions that are obviously incorrect. But but um, yeah, I, I, I think it is it is a lot more popular. And I think in terms of the event, I mean, listen, there's there's money floating around that that, that that possibly is keeping enough of these people happy enough and they go you know what we're making a profit oh okay singles mm -hmm. is making a profit doubles isn't so let's neglect doubles even more and it's got worse and worse over the last two or three decades and yeah go on, go on. no 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 I, I was um i was thinking about so in the podcast i listened to with renee yesterday as well she mentioned and you might know the answer to this so she mentioned when when they changed the the format at most of the doubles tournaments. At, this is outside of the Grand Slams. Now they do no add ten point tiebreaker for the third. They and I don't know when that change was made. I still need to look this up. But they apparently promised like the players or the tours or something that they were going to start showing doubles on TV more because uh, since it was no add and ten point now it's more controlled like the amount of time that the match is going to last because that's the issue that the TV um, has is that, you know, if they're starting the Indian Wells finals at two o'clock for singles, 
and the doubles match goes on at noon and pushes that singles match back, it just messes up the whole TV schedule, advertising, TV rights, all that stuff. Uh, and when they made that change to the scoring format, apparently they promised this is what she mentioned. And it just didn't happen. They just, I guess, either lied to them or just couldn't follow through on it or whatever. Um, so I found that interesting. They like made a promise that they didn't deliver on. Um, but yeah, it, it just, I don't know. I mean, for me, it just starts with marketing, um, like I've said. And another thing that, that Riley mentioned was they only watch, you know, people only watch when it's singles players. But I took a little issue with that because who do you call a singles player? Like, is, is Krachikova a singles player? Because she's better at doubles. Her resume is much better at doubles. She has more grand slams. Her ranking's higher. She has more titles. So it, I, I don't know, like, how you dis- differentiate between the two. If it's a popularity Agula, Agula contest. Agula and Goff, too. Yeah, so if it's a popularity contest, sure, they're all singles players because they're more popular for their singles because they have much more advertising dollars behind their singles careers. But that doesn't seem fair. Like, you know, I I would argue that uh, Pagula uh, and especially Coco, like her doubles resume is probably better than her singles resume. She's made two Grand Slam finals in doubles, only one in singles. Number Uh, one. I think she has, yeah, she reached number one in the world last year. So it's when you start saying like, oh, she's a singles player, um, which is what Riley was kind of implying, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of take issue with that as well. So um, there's a lot of layers to this, but I, I think it does all start with with kind of marketing the product in the right way. Absolutely. I, I, although I think I can understand a little bit where where Riley is going with that. In that, I, although I, I think you make some mm-hmm. you know very valid points about some of these single stars that actually have more um, star-studded uh, resumes on the double side, mm-hmm. I do think it would help if you know we can see doubles specialists and that they, that will continue to exist, and we will see players that are that are amazing in singles flounder in doubles. And we mm-hmm. can see some in between us, if you like, that are very good at, at both sides of it, so to speak. And and maybe that's they're the ones that will excel the most and good combinations and, and teamwork and, and, and friends on and off the court and so on and so forth. But I do think it would be a lot more exciting. And that's probably why Indian Wells ranks as high as it does on the doubles calendar. If you did, could manage to attract more singles players. And I think yeah. the, the first thing you would do is to reduce the, sh- the schedule on the single side in particular across the year. Um, yeah. And even perhaps, I mean, we have to say, we are seeing them stretched out a little bit now um, in, in terms of the, the, the Masters 1000 events, sort of closer to two weeks, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But if you could uh, try some things to to attract the 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 singles players because I think there's certain skills that they can pick up in doubles that can actually then they can then take into their singles career as well. I mean, what sort of, I mean, reflexes is, is is the obvious one for me, but you know, there's other things. Maybe just thinking about the game as a whole, volleying perhaps as well that you're going to do a lot more. Um, but it, yeah. it it's, it's clearly a social construct because. I don't think we're naturally more inclined to just be more interested in, a, in an individual event. We are quite tribal in some respects and we do work together on, on so many things and work together more effectively. And we also know that as little as 20 years ago, as I've said two or three times already on this show, it was almost as popular. People would be tuning. Mm-hmm. People would be what I would. I mean, it would tend to be 
a bit closer to the end of the day at Wimbledon, I'm thinking about, and a little bit sort of more in the second week. But you'd be tuning in to watching Navratilova and and, and Pam Shrive, of course, as I already mentioned as well, and and Mary mm-hmm. Carrillo and John McEnroe. And um, I'm just trying to think of some others that really sort of excelled. I mean, in, in the UK, we had Joe Jury and I think Jeremy Bates uh, was a, a combination in the 80s and 90s. I remember watching a lot in the sort of evening as the sunshine was sort of going down in the second week as the schedule thinned out a little bit. Um, yeah. And you'd be watching this on TV, especially as it would be Brit- a British combination like that. And they went yeah. on to win, I think, the doubles uh, tournament one year at Wimbledon. So... And we were clutching yeah. at straws as a UK audience because we were not getting anyone in past the third or fourth round on the single side anyway, especially on the men's anyway. So we would we would love some kind of glory. But, you know, the juniors as well and the juniors doubles titles that have gone down in yesteryear. So it's clearly there. And I think rather than just saying scrap it like a pelka, why not think about some of the solutions? And and as right. you say, uh, there, there's, a, there's a problem that both sides of the tour have with with production, as I say, and, and just focus. And it, it's so clear what you said about the investment and time and effort that goes into singles. Why yeah. the, the doubles tour has diminished. And, and I think there's so many solutions out there that are worth, or at least possible answers that are worth trying. Yeah, worth trying, I think, is the key there. Um, yeah, I think you're right about the scheduling. So scheduling is one like clear thing they could do to attract more single stars. Another one is just prize money. It's um, so another thing that Dabrowski said on that interview with the BBC was uh, doubles players make around eight to 10% of singles players. So, you know, that prize money's got to increase for these single stars to want to play. Um, Another big factor on the men's side is they're playing best of five in singles at the grand slams, right? So if I'm playing best of five on Monday, I may not want to play a doubles match on Tuesday, right? Whereas I I think that's why you're seeing more on the WTA side, uh, golf and Pagula and some of those other top singles players, top 10 singles players also playing doubles. Um, But you do see Kyrgios enter the doubles draw because he doesn't like to practice and he uses, um, uses doubles as a way to practice. Um, And then Pagula has talked about in uh, actually Hamlin and I asked her in the press conference, uh, in Toronto last year, you know, how has doubles helped your singles game? And she talked a lot about the things you just talked about, you know, my transition volleys are getting better. I'm feeling more comfortable getting to the net. I get a lot of serve and return practice um, on my days, my singles days off when I'm playing these doubles matches. Uh, And it's just a lot of fun. She loves playing with, uh, with Coco. So um, there's a lot that can be done, I think, before scrapping it. Um, that said, with Riley's comments, I would say if the ATP is going to continue to do what they're doing now and won't try any new solutions, Riley might be right. Scrapping doubles might be the way to go. But I just think there's so many other possibilities higher up on the list that they should try before uh, scrapping doubles. Um, and he was actually, I guess it was a few days after, uh, he was on the Craig Shapiro podcast. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. Um, I didn't, but I knew who's on it, yeah. Yeah, I listened to it. Um, the doubles part, I tweeted about it. It's like kind of in the middle of the show. Uh, and he mentions like junior players. Like if you go ask, you know, some of the top juniors in the world, do you want to be a top doubles player? Um, 
all of them are going to say, no, my, my priority is singles. But I think that's kind of an unfair thing to say. And it's kind of missing the point because if you're making 10 times more in singles, like, of course, they're going to prioritize singles. Like, why wouldn't they? Right. So I, I think if that prize money over the next 10 to 20 years can get to rather than eight to 10%, um, you know, even like 30% or something, some people might you know, as juniors be like, you know, I can make three times as much money in singles, but I think I'm a better doubles player. I have more fun playing doubles. I can still make a really good living. I'm going to do that. But with 10 X difference, it's just, it's just too much. Um, and yeah, I think it all goes back to the tours and organizations like USTA, Tennis Australia, LTA to put more marketing and advertising dollars behind uh, the doubles events and the doubles players get voting in our poll uh, regarding whether you agree with Riley and that uh, the doubles form should be scrapped. I think around 75% disagree. Uh, also let us know in the comments section below, if you are watching this retrospectively and uh, let us know your thoughts on, on the issues that we've been speaking about today. Um, Listen, we are going to bring this to a close because I know we've just gone over half an hour, Will, and that's basically the time that we have allotted for this. Um, We'll have you on again soon. Let us know where we can find you on the socials. Yeah, um, everything's through my website, so thetennistribe.com. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter at Will Bocek. Uh, Instagram, uh, I think it's the same, at Will Bocek. And then I also have Tennis Tribe accounts um, separately for that. from that. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, check it all out there. And, um, yeah, I- I'd love to hear from anybody listening. Uh if they have a different perspective on doubles, um, if they uh, agree or disagree with anything we've said here today um, and their thoughts on on Riley's comments, because this is something I'm obviously really passionate about and I'm not trying to um, be political about this, as you said in the beginning, and just take a stand with no um, reason behind it. I'm I'm actually trying to find a a good solution for doubles and um, I think the product's really good. So I, I think it can do better. Some breaking news, and I do apologize for sabotaging this doubles podcast. I think um, uh, uh, little uh, Igor Sviontek has pulled out of Miami. Uh, maybe oh, her, really? Uh, yeah, uh, I think mm. so. I've just seen a, a very brief statement from her saying her health is more important. So I guess that's the case. I know she had a rib issue in Indian Wells. Listen, actually, I do want to just share um, at your Twitter page on on here as well. I've just po- pinned or just posted your uh, website in the live chat too. There's some images of some of the stuff that you've been up to in the last few days. And, uh, that's in, uh, uh somewhere else, but who we've got some stuff we're in Indian Wells. Of course, I, you've got Clay Chikova as well with Siniakova there. Of course, that, uh, unbelievable doubles pairing that's emerged over yeah. the last couple of years. How much fun was it in Indian Wells, by the way? Oh, it was awesome. Um, so I was there, uh, I was there the end of week one and then the beginning of week two during the middle weekend, I was out of town. Um, so I, I think for doubles, that's the best time to go because a lot of the doubles matches are on stadium four, five, and six, and you can sit really close to the court. Um, but in this case, the crowds were so big for all these doubles matches Um and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I think I've got the tweet pinned at the top of my page. If you go to my profile yeah. um, with pictures of some of the crowds, uh, it was really hard to find a seat. Um, so 
it was really encouraging to see. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a ton of fun to watch, um, and, uh, and cover that for the time I was there. Um, the, a lot of people have talked about like the, the semifinals and finals crowds aren't quite as big for the doubles. And, and I think that just kind of goes back to a marketing issue. Um, plus they're playing in stadium one or two, which are just huge venues. Um, but when people buy tickets to the semifinals, it says singles on the ticket, um, you know, the website advertises the single semifinals. Um, a lot of people I would imagine who are buying that ticket may not even know that they have access to uh, a doubles match before or after that. Um, so again, I, I think it goes back to marketing, but yeah, Indian Wells is a fantastic event. It's, it's super, um, super fun. And they call it tennis paradise for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, eager withdrawing from Indian Wells is another yeah, sorry, from, from Miami, Miami is another yeah. example of the issue that I think Schedule. we do. We do it, yeah, and we're doing it with, with other sports too, I believe, in soccer uh, as well. I think less is more, and I think it would also benefit doubles too. Yeah. Uh, like I say, anyway, I've shared uh, your Twitter page as well up there, and, and look, you can see the crowds there enjoying it in the early stages at least of the tournament, and mm-hmm. uh, I think we can all enjoy it a lot more uh, again in the future. And, and, and just one final point, and it's, it is brief, rather than obviously just saying scrap it and and rather than even just doing a very shallow bit of research going oh okay doubles is not that much that important uh, or it's not that 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 popular if you like and it's bringing in this amount of the revenue and this is the amount it's costing that is extremely shallow research the mm-hmm. in-depth research that has yet to be done is why why <laughs> is it yeah. like it is now and it was like it before what has changed and how can we offer a solution and potentially fix it. And that hasn't been yeah. done, which shows that there isn't really a, a hunger or desire, if you like, to do so, which is the biggest shame of it all. Listen, Will, big thanks okay. for joining us today. I'm glad you had fun in Indian Wells. I hope to see more images like this in the future, not just in California, but in other parts of the globe. Uh, I am going to be playing tennis today, uh, albeit in the singles form, but I love playing mm-hmm. doubles too. And um, yeah, Will, uh, let's cross paths again soon. Yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks again for having me on. Cool. Thank you for joining us. And I will play us out with this brief video. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.